So, a lot of Mashiach Shirim that I've heard and that I've given are based a lot of times on Sichas. Either the Rambam Sichas or the Nanafnam based Sichas. Usually, I hear Mashiach Shir, it's usually based on a Sicha. And what I personally found through my own learning is that there's a lot of insight into Nyanigul Mashiach that comes from the Maimarim. And what I'd like to do, if everybody's interested in this, and uh, you know, if we can keep it going, is I'd like to give a series of shirim, at least for the next little while, on my marim that are explaining in Yanigula. Like the Rebbe says in the Sikha of Eschanan Tachananav, one of the Sikhas where the Rebbe talks a lot about the Maila of Yanigula Mashiach, the Rebbe says, as much as all of Panimius HaTayra and Chassidus especially is, is the Torah of Mashiach, but, nevertheless, there's, an, there's a special ili in those parts of Panimia Satayra that are explaining in Yoni Geula. So, that's what I'd like to try to do. So, these Mashiach Shirim are going to have a Hasidic flavor to them. Like, you might come and feel like you're hearing a Hasidic Shir. But I think we'll find, although it seems like you guys are kochen Hasidic as it is from this farm I'm seeing on the tables, but um, I think we'll find that Chassidus that explained in Yoni Geula makes the whole Chassidus much more relevant and tangible and easier to understand. At least that's been my experience and hopefully I'll be able to share some of that. So this year is going to be a little bit of a Hakdama and Amir Tashem, the, the Shirem that come afterwards will be building on what we talk about today. So let's talk generally about what Chassidus contributes to our understanding of Geula. We all know there's a lot of physical events that are spoken about Gula, that there's going to be peace between the Yidin and the Goyim, and we're going to go back there to Israel, and there's going to be candies on the trees, and Madonna Mitzvim Ka'afar. There's a lot of physical descriptions of the time of Gula. But Chassidus tells us that none of these things really capture what the Gula is about. These are outgrowths of something deeper. There's something deeper happening in the Gula, and because of that something deeper, therefore you have all of this Shlemus in the physical world. So, what is this something else that is really what the Gula is really about? So, Chassidus uses a lot of different terms. It's, it talks about Adira Betachtainim, Gilu Atmos, Gilu Ordin all kinds of different mystical sounding terms. So, just for a few minutes, let's put aside those types of terms and just talk plain English. The Gula is about, on a simple level, Mass revelation. It's about the entire Jewish people, or really the entire world, experiencing God. That's what Geula is. God revealing himself in the world. And when I say experiencing God, I don't mean necessarily what we talk about nowadays, where if you do a mitzvah with the right kavana, then you'll feel inspired and you'll feel a closeness to Hashem. Those things are also very good, and especially in the time of Golis, that's all we can really expect. But when we talk about the Gili of the Geula, we're talking about something much greater, much more complete, and more powerful than those feelings. So just imagine what it must have been like to be a Navi and to experience a Mayra Nevoah, or to be Meshur Beinu, and it was like he didn't even have to really have a Mayra Nevoah, seemingly. He just, Hashem just spoke to him all the time. Unlike the other Nevi'im, he didn't have to pass out and have like a dream type of thing. Just Hashem spoke to him all the time. Imagine what that must have been like. Or to walk through Kriyas Yamsuf, where it says that the entire Jewish people, even the lowest maidservant, saw what Rabban Shalnevim never saw. 
or to stand at Matan Torah when the whole Jewish people heard Hashem speak and then the Shamas couldn't stay in their bodies because of it. All of these types of experiences of Hashem are the types of experiences that Hasidus talks about when it's trying to explain the Geula. It often makes reference to these types of full-blown, if you will, experiences of Hashem. And not only does it compare the Geula to these, it says that the Geula will be greater than all of these. So this brings up a big question, which is, we talk about all these experiences of Hashem, but do we have any idea what these people were actually experiencing, what the Nevi'im and Maishu Rabbeinu and the Yenekriyas Yamsu of the Yenemad Do we know actually what they went through? I mean, we have quotes about it, but do we actually understand at all what, what that was? So, the simple answer would be to say, no, we really have no idea. It was some kind of lofty spiritual thing, and we can't really know about it until the Gula happens. And then we'll see for ourselves what it's like. So to a certain extent, that's obviously true, because until you experience something, it's never, you never really know. In other words, if someone describes to you what an experience is going to be like, if someone describes to you a work of art, or tells you a story about a tzaddik, or Lahavdil tells you about a movie or something like that, it never has the same intensity and the same clarity and the same power as actually experiencing that experience yourself, right? So, in that sense, yeah, we'll never really know what, what Gile Elokos is and what the Gula is until it actually happens. But, it's not a stira to the fact that Hasidus nevertheless comes along and says that it's explaining to us what the Gula is going to be. So yeah, the full picture of what is Gile Elokos, we won't know for sure until it happens, but we have descriptions. And we have terms that try to bring it out to us and try to help us envision what it's going to be. So the reason why it's important to learn about those things, what you could say, you know, okay, so it's describing it, but you know, let me worry about other things, and when it happens, then I'll see. But the thing is that by learning about these experiences uh, and these descriptions of what the experience of Gilead Lucas is going to be. So that helps us prepare for it, it helps us long for it more, it helps us focus on it more, it helps us dedicate our lives to bringing it, and ultimately that spills over into inspiration for other areas of Avedis Hashem as well. And all of these things are things that the Rebbe said that he wants us to do, that he wants us to want Mashiach, he wants us to stay on Masai, he wants us to permeate our whole lives with this focus, with this mission, right? He wants us to prepare. So when we learn about the descriptions of Geula and Hasidus, the deeper aspect of Geula, the Gilead Lakos aspect of Geula, so then we're able to do all those things. But in order for this to work, we have to make sure that we understand the terms in Hasidus very well. It's like I sometimes say when I'm talking to a Bachar that uh, is talking to me, sometimes Bachar comes to me and they tell me that they're struggling with Hasidus or whatever it is. So I often use this example, you know, we all know that Atzilus is higher than Bria, right? Everybody knows, Atzilus is higher than Bria. You learn a little bit of Chassidus, sure, Atzilus is higher than Bria, Davra Pashat. But the question is, do we know what Atzilus means, do we know what Bria means, and do we even know what higher means? So if we do, so then the fact that Atzilus is higher than Bria could actually mean something to us. And it could become a very important part of our lives and our Vadis Hashem. 
But if not, then usually not. It's going to lose its meaning and it's just going to become technical words and this is higher than that and the other thing. So the same applies to the Hasidus that speaks about Geula, that if we understand the terminology of Hasidus very well, then we can use the terminology of Hasidus to learn to visualize the Geula. Obviously not completely, like we said before, we won't really know exactly what it's going to be like until it happens, but certainly we can learn to visualize it to a significant extent. And if we don't understand the terms, then it just becomes about saying things like Gidli Atmos is higher than Gidli Orin Tsoif and Eil Matachia is higher than Yemay Samashiach and it, it becomes just very repetitive and doesn't really mean a whole lot because we don't know what we're saying. So these types of topics are what I want to address in these Shirim, at least for the next few Shirim. And Amir Tashem, we'll see how the different Maimarim give us like different pieces of the puzzle. One Maimar tells us one thing, another Maimar tells us another thing, and we piece together from the different Maimarim a more and more complete picture of what the Gili Alakos of the Geula is going to be. So, with the time that we have left, I want to at least start to show you what I'm talking about. So there's a certain column of the Kutitera, Parshas Balak, that, at least for me, it's one of the most fundamental pieces of Chassidus that I've seen. We all know that in Chassidus we talk about Avedas Hashem, right? We serve Hashem, that's what we do as Chassidim. So the Alter Rebbe asks, in this column of the Kutitari Parshas Balaka, he says, we need to understand this term Avedad, this the whole idea that we're serving Hashem. What does that really mean? Because... A servant and a master, the way that a servant and a master work, so the reason why the master has a servant is because there's some kind of tikkun, there's some kind of shortcoming or some kind of thing that the master needs fixed, and so he gets the servant to fix it for him. So if we're talking about us serving Hashem, so it sounds like there should be some kind of tikkun, there's something that we need to fix, but how could you say that about Hashem? Hashem is Shlimu Dukulu, Hashem is Kol Yachol, he's, he's the perfection of everything. So how can there be a Tikkun that Hashem needs us to be Mesakin for him? So, like I said, it's a beautiful column of the Torah, everybody should learn it. There's a lot of nice Pratim over there, but I'll just stick to the main point. That, basically, of course, the, the answer is going to be, the author says, based on their Betach It's not a big surprise to people who learn Chassidus. But what I think is a Chiddush a little bit, that you don't see everywhere that it talks about Dir Betach is there's a certain Lushen that the Alter uses to define what a Dira actually means. So, he says like this. He says that for Hashem, Hashem has a certain view of reality of creation, which is Kula Kame Kulach Shiv. Everything is before him as if it was nothing. It's considered like nothing. And he doesn't really explain in in this particular mime or what that means, Kula Kame Kulach Shiv. Maybe we'll come back to that in a few minutes if we have time. But he says that perspective of reality of Kula Kame Kulach Shiv, it says that it's Kame, it's it's for Hashem. Hashem experiences this thing of everything being Kulach Shiv. But from our perspective, 
we we don't say kolach shiv. We don't say I'm insignificant and Hashem is everything. For us, we feel like we're Yeshu Dover Bifnatsu. We feel like we're something separate from Hashem. That there's Hashem and there's me, and Hashem created me, but I'm something different than Him. Of course, that's not really true. Really, the truth is Einad Movadai. The only thing that exists is Hashem. But nevertheless, that's how Hashem made us: is that we feel that we are something separate from Him. So, what's the idea of a dira? I'll just quote you the lashon. It's about a line and a half. I think it's a very powerful line. The author ever says the idea of a dira is his godless elokusa yisbarech biyadia shalanu gamkein kamoishu lamaila biyadia alyena dukula kamei kolach shiv. It's the revelation of elokus. Keywords biyadia shalanu in our knowledge, in our experience, our perspective on reality. In the same way that it is in the Yedial Yena, the same way that it's Hashem's perspective on reality. And he repeats, In other words, this thing that Hashem views reality in this way of right now in Golis, that's only Hashem's perspective. But the idea of Geula is that we should come to have the same experience, the same perspective of reality that Hashem has, that in Yediyah Shalanu it should also be the same thing that it is B'Yediyah Shalai, B'Yediyah Al-Yayna so what that means is, like I said, in this Mimer the Alter Rebbe doesn't, doesn't explain what Kula Kamei Kalach Shiv what it actually means, but what it means is that if we what it does tell us is that if we would learn about Kula Kamei Kalach Shiv, if we'll go and research what that what that phrase and what that experience and what that perspective of reality actually means and then we realize what it's saying over here that we will experience so then you can use that to understand what is going to be the Geula because the Geula is at least based on this Mimer of the Alter Rebbe the truth is in other Mimer, other Mimerim it goes deeper than that but let's just stick with this Mimer for now so the Alter Rebbe is saying that we will experience the same way that the Eivishter does so if we understand what that means, then we are understanding Geula. And then when the Rebbe tells us, um, like in the Sikha of Eschan and Anal, like I mentioned before, the Rebbe says, the, the, the Mishnah from Pirkei Avis. So the Rebbe says, could mean that you should gaze at the Geula, the base of Mikdash Shlishi, the Geula Shlishis. And histako means a deep hispoinenus. The Rebbe brings a ha'ara over there that it doesn't just mean re'iya. And the Rebbe brings an afkamina and halacha between re'iya and and histaklus. That during birkas koinim, it's okay to just look at the koinim for a second, which is called re'iya, but it's not okay to be mistakal at them, which means to gaze at them um, for an extended amount of time. So, so the Rebbe tells us to do this thing of histaklus at the geula. So where do we get the ability to do that is when we understand how Chassidus is describing to us what the Geula is going to be, which in this case means understanding the idea of Kula Kameh Kalach Shiv and what it would mean for us to experience that. And the Rebbe says, the Alter Rebbe says over there, that this is the idea of, of Aveda and of Tikkun, that, that we say that there's some kind of Tikkun that an Evid makes for his master. So... He says the answer is that it's not that we 
are making a tikkun in Hashem. Hashem is taka shlimadukulu. There's nothing we have to fix about Hashem. But Hashem has this desire. And we don't know why, but we just know that it's a fact. And the fact is that He wants us to experience what He is experiencing. He wants that Yediya Shalanu should be like the Yediya the Yena. And that's what we accomplish through our Avaidah. Our task is not that we're fixing something for Hashem, but we're fixing our experience of reality because that's what Hashem wants. That's what Dira means, that He wants us to see what He sees. And Alter Rebbe says that in Golas we only make the Hamshacha. We, we sort of spiritually prepare the world for that, but the experience of that is only in the Gula. So everything we're doing now is bringing about that change. And Mashiach comes and sort of opens the door, opens the box. Like uh, the Rebbe Marash says that the, the Hamshachas are put in a box, right? And when the, with the coming of Mashiach, the box gets opened and we're able to have the Gili. So this whole idea of a new experience of reality, a new experience of the world, a new experience of the Eivishter, is really fundamental to the idea of Avedis Hashem because that's what Avedis Hashem means. Avedis Hashem means that Hashem wants us to have this experience and He created a system called Teredah and Mitzvahs by which we can bring it about. And so it makes sense that, that part of our Avedis should be to learn about this Gili which it which is what Hashem wants us to have ultimately. And that's what Hasidus empowers us to do by teaching us about these different concepts in Seder Stashlis when it says that Kula Kame Kalachashiv will be lost at Lave, or the Orient Seif Shalifnea Timsum will shine lost at Lave, or there's going to be Chibur Atzilisubiyah, and all these different terms that Hasidus uses. So they're all really describing to us experiences of the Abishter. And if we learn the right sources, we'll see how. It really describes in a detailed way what we're going to experience with the coming of Mashiach. So we have a little bit more time than I thought. We got through the material a little bit faster. So let's talk Taka for a few minutes about what is this idea of Kulakame Kloch Shiv. Kulakame Kloch Shiv, the first few times that I learned about it, in fact, for a while when I was first learning Chassidus. I kind of thought what it meant is that the Abishur, like it, it's like he doesn't know that we're here, like because because he is real and we're not real, so it's like we're not here really. Um, so if that's what Kula Kame Kolach Shiv meant, so then the Gula would be very interesting. It's saying that we're going to realize that we're not really here, and so I was I always found that problematic, and I, so I looked into the this idea of Kula Kame Kolach Shiv. And turns out it's connected to the idea of Das Elyon and Das Tachtein. That Das Tachtein means basically what we experience, that Lamata Yesh Ulamaila Ayin, that we are something, we feel that we exist, right? We feel that we exist separate from our source, we don't even feel like we have a source necessarily. And we know in our minds that really there's some kind of source called an Ayin that, that we don't understand and it's very different from us and we don't really know what it is. Right? That's an important thing to realize about the term Yishmayayin is that Yishmayayin doesn't mean something from nothing really. It means something from a source that we don't understand and a source that's very different from us. Ayin means Einay Musag or Dover Midlay Dover. Whatever, that's a subject for itself. An idea of Das Elyin is Lamayla Yesh Ulamata Ayin. 
which again, if you touch ayin to mean nothing, you could also get confused because it sounds like lamayla yesh. There's the evishter, and lamata ayin below the evishter, there's nothing. So that's not really either what it means. Like all of my marim explain that ayin means header tefisas makim. It means that the the lower things are not significant at all. They don't feel themselves to be a a separate entity which is significant. They're only an expression of Hashem. Like if you when you talk about or the muscle with physical light, what what does physical light do? It makes you aware that there's a source. Right? So so or eluki is the same thing. Or eluki does not consider itself to be a significant Mitzvah, it, it knows that it's just an extension of the Eibushter, and if it, if a person could see Oraluki, so then what the Oraluki would quote unquote tell them, if you will, would be that there's an Eibushter, that there's a source, and the Or itself feels very conscious of the source. Nirgash b'mekayre, and it has dvekas b'mekayre. These are some of the terms that Chassidus is using that I'm trying to bring into plain English. So. So when we say, so so in a lot of Chassidus it describes this Kula and Das Elyon. It says that this is the bittel of the Or, the Or of Atzilis, or the Or Akav, or the Or in Sef Shlifnei Tzimtzum. And some of the the Rebbe Shab says in general, the whole Or feels this bittel of Kula Kamei that the that the Or says I'm not significant, Hashem is significant. And the Nevroim, like us, we don't feel that way. We don't feel like I'm insignificant and Hashem is significant. We feel that we're here. We're a significant Mitzias. But so so the idea that is explained in my marm that talk about Gaula is that like this one of the Kutateria that we were talking about, is he's saying that Lost Lava, we will feel Kula Kame Shiv. In other words, we human beings will be here, the Shaman Vaguf, and the whole physical world will be here, and yet we'll be aware of the source and we'll realize that really we're nothing other than an extension of Hashem, an expression of Hashem. The same way that the Ur realizes it now, we human beings will experience the loss of love because there will be the gili of that Ur. So the more you learn about what exactly is this bitl of Kula Kame Kalach Shiv and Das Elyon, and then it says that loss of love, there will be the gili of Das Elyon for us, so then you're learning what we are going to feel in the Gula. So there's only so much of it that I can I can uh, say over my own words. The bigger message that I want to say is that when you learn a concept in Chassidus that talks about something like Shiv, you have to realize that it's not only talking about what is being felt in some lofty darga of state or It's also describing to you a feeling that can be had by physical people in this world. And the only reason we don't feel it now is because we're in Golos. But when the Geula comes, we will feel it. So those same concepts that are being explained as part of Seder Shtashlis, you can use them to visualize the Geula. And you get that the most clearly from learning the Maimarim that are explaining in Yanni Geula. And then, when you see it in those Maimarim, then you're able to connect it back to the other Maimarim and see how all of Chassidus is really talking about that. So, that's the type of thing that I would like to talk about in the next few Shirem. We can take different aspects of the Geula and different experiences that Chassidus says we're going to have, different terminology, and a lot of it ends up meaning, a lot of it basically ends up pointing to the same type of thing. And you end up finding that Yichud Ma'oban and Chibra Tzilis and Bia and Chibra Das Elyon Das Tachtein, 
that's ultimately what Chassidus really says, by the way, is not that we're going to experience only Das Elyon down here, but we're going to experience a chibur of Das Elyon, Das Tachtin. I just saw in Samach Bav, when I was looking up for the shir, the, the Rebbe Shab says Das Tachtin, it says there's three levels of MS, and Bechad, there's a lot of levels of MS. She says Das Tachtin, where we feel that there's we're here, but there's a source, that's called Sfas MS. And Das Elyon is MS. And the chibur of Das Elyon and Das Tachtin, that is MS La Mitoi. And that's really the true Gilead Geula. So then, that that opens up a whole different paradigm of now, if if we're going with that paradigm of what Geula is, so then I have to learn not only da, what's Das Elyon and then envision myself experiencing Das Elyon, but I have to learn what is the combination of Das Elyon and Das Tachlin. Why would there even be a combination of Das Tachlin? Like, who needs Das Tachlin once you have Das Elyon? Seemingly, Das Elyon is better. So what's the mile of having Das Tachlin? And then what does it mean for me to feel both of them at the same time? So, each one of these things could be a whole shear, and um, and it's also something you could go about learning on your own. Definitely shouldn't rely on me. I'm just trying to bring out that there's this whole world of how to look at Chassidus and how to look at Seder Stalshlis, that it's not only talking about what some other lofty spiritual being that I don't really understand, what that's experiencing, it's also about what I'm going to be experiencing when Mashiach comes. And when you look at it that way, um, the whole thing becomes much more tangible and like I said before you grow in your longing for Geula you realize that you're going to get to experience these things and it's supposed to be very soon and the Rebbe told us it's happening now and it's already starting and, and anything we do could tip the scale and the Rebbe told us how to do it and like I said the I think I didn't finish explaining that um, idea the Rebbe says First of all, to be mistakel, to be misplaining on all of these things, and you won't come to do an avera because this hisplaininus will be pile shleimus in your Torah avera and gemilas chosadim. That the the longing for Mashiach that this will bring you to will bring you to wanting to do all the mitzvahs of shleimus. And the Rebbe even says that when it says einata baldi a day avera that not only will it stop you from sinning, it'll even stop you from doing things that lead to sin, like Taivas Heter, things that are really fine, right, Alpidin, but they could make you less sensitive Bruchnius, so this is an Eitzah for that also. So the Rebbe is saying that by learning to visualize the Geula in this way, not negating Nigla, the Nigla of Geula is also an important part of visualizing the Geula, but this is the Hasidic side of it, and when you learn to look at Hasidus in this way and thereby envision the Geula, so it's not only, it's also not only like fantasizing about the Geula, it's something that you can bring down into your Avedis Hashem to bring Chayas into your mitzvahs and to bring Shlemus into your mitzvahs. And I think that this is a big part of what the Rebbe is saying when he says that the Derech HaYishadah to bring Mashiach is to learn in the Geula Mashiach and that'll help us live with Mashiach and bring us to a Shlemus in our Avedah that's fitting for the time that we're in now, that we're in the Masafa Geula, and Amir Tashem just talking about all these things and, and wanting to do these things very soon, should already be enough to tip the scale and bring the Geula Mitzvah Shleimah.